Welcome back to the TLC podcast with me, Venus Libido. And me, Natalie Byrne. And today we have another special guest on the show. We have Leila Wooza, a musician, writer and fortune teller. Leila discusses topics such as race, identity, sexuality, gender and the environment. Their first book, Not Quite White, is coming out in 2021 and is out for pre-order now. It's a book about being mixed race and is part autobiography and part critical commentary. Alongside, Layla also runs Pink Moon Fortunes with where Layla does fortune telling, astrology workshops and moon ceremonies. So excited to have you here with us. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really good. I'm doing all right, actually. I mean, it's been like a weird week. I feel like there's just a lot of depressing things happening in general, but I feel like in myself, I'm like doing as good as I can be with the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a shitty week with the news of Breonna Taylor um, Mm -hmm. this week. Um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking awful. Um, but how are you? How are you dealing now? Kind of. Well, we've, we've kind of lockdowns come to an ease, but I feel like we're going to go back into it very soon. Like it's very confusing time, and we don't know what the hell is going on. Like, how have you been managing through the pandemic? Yeah, I feel like surely we're going to have another lockdown at some point. You know, yesterday was like the highest number of cases that we've had in this country. Really? Um, oh yeah, gosh. highest number of new cases it. with or without lockdown, just like the highest number. So I feel like I'm sure we'll be back in lockdown at some point. But I think I've been, um, yeah, I've been mostly coping all right, I think. It was quite strange at the beginning. I live alone and I also, I work freelance. So I spend quite a lot of time by myself anyway. But I think everyone else having to be in that scenario was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, I think a lot of people were like, how are we supposed to like be indoors all the time? And I think for me, because I'm already indoors a lot of the time, I was like, maybe I should be like, I don't know, more concerned about this. Um, yeah. It almost felt unreal in some ways. I don't know if you, mm. if you felt that. Because yeah, for me, not too much had changed. So it sort yeah. of felt like, is there really this happening outside? is weird yeah i have i mean venus always tells me off but i've always had a problem with like staying inside too much like i'll sometimes Mm. be like this is the first time i'm leaving the house in a week yay Mm. um so going into lockdown and everyone being like oh my god i haven't left the house this is awful i'm like oh that's that's kind of been my life for like the last two years (laughs) and like i'm then i'm getting anxious about like oh well am i not being healthy like what's wrong Mm. so yeah yeah no similar thing for me and i mean i also felt it was it was weird i felt really privileged in a lot of ways i think normally when i'm out and about i'm so aware of like the things that i'm going to be picked apart for or you know there's a possibility of like someone's gonna say something rude to you or like something racial or gender attack or I don't know something could happen and it was like during Covid it was like okay the people who are most affected it's got nothing to do with anything like race gender sexuality or anything like that so I I almost felt like an easing of pressure in some way because it was like those things aren't going to affect me too much more I mean obviously that there has been more cases amongst people of colour but in general, sort of like gender or sexuality doesn't seem to have, you know, 
that's not taken into account by the virus so in some ways I was like okay yeah you know I'm I'm actually doing okay in this like I haven't lost anyone near to me like I I'm all right I'm at home I'm still healthy and it was really like wow I'm really counting my blessings really counting my privileges in a way that I don't know I, I guess it's not something I was doing a lot before mm. yeah yeah, so I that, felt like everyone was in it to, together and that I've never experienced anyone, like, a moment like that where it was like, oh, we're all going through this together rather than, yeah. you know, mm. separate groups or um, mm. going through something. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, how... So our first question to you is um, obviously regarding... Kind of links back into, you know, this, but how have you been... Sp- staying creative during 2020 how's your creative flow going how's your freelance mm. work going how are you mm. managing my main project this year has been the writing of my book which is um it's kind of I've never worked on a project like this where it's just me my background is in music and theater so I'm used to having like dozens and dozens of people that I'm collaborating with and I think it's really highlighted for me how what it means to be sort of the sole representative of your work. I think there's a level of like critical dissection that you have to have for your own work, which, and I'm very critical of my own work, but for some reason, because it's just me doing it, it's like that becomes heightened. And um, it's been really interesting for me kind of working through that and trying to not get in my head, in my own head too much. Uh, Because I think that's normally kind of balanced out by like the other people I'm rehearsing with. And, you know, for a book, there's no rehearsals. It's, it's just me going over and over the same things by myself. So that's that's been my main project this year. And then I've, um, yeah, I mean, I've just been trying to, like, spark my creativity in a lot of ways. I do a lot of drawing and painting, actually. That's, um, like, a big, big hobby of mine. And so I've been doubling down on that. I've been drawing a lot of, like, monsters at the moment. <laughs> like, monsters and um, mythological animals which has been fun. Um, and then, yeah, writing a lot of music. I don't know, I've just been trying to like, r- make time in my day for creative practice. Mm. I think I'm someone who, if I'm unable to process my creative I- energy, I get very stressed out. You know, like some people need to like, some people feel stressed out if they can't go outside a lot. I feel stressed out if I can't like release that energy or like get yeah. my thoughts into a project. Yeah. So. I've been really trying to like make time for that. And um, the beginning of lockdown, I wasn't really doing that. I was just sort of watching a lot of films and TV and then falling asleep on the sofa. <laughs> and then I was like, why am I feeling so stressed out? So just been trying to make space for myself to engage in like, I don't know, just little self-led projects. And I, I think it's quite nice when, when it's your job, when you're freelance, that's sort of a, constant underlying pressure with all the creative work that you do like can you monetize it is Mm. it is this going to pay me is this worth my time and so been really trying to get out of that mindset because i I don't think it's yeah i think it it just kind of pollutes the whole endeavor of it if you yeah start thinking that way too much i i I feel like i completely feel i feel like i've been feeling like that for a while now and especially Mm. the last couple of weeks like i keep saying to natty like I feel so like I'm falling out of love with everything I do because I'm constantly mm. thinking how I can monetize from it and it's it's just gets you into an awful situation in your own head and 
Mm. Just, yeah, now I feel like everything I create is just not for the right reasons anymore. Mm. It's re- that's really tough to feel like that. Because mm. you can start to feel, especially like, you know, we're all creative people. When that's part of your identity, it makes you start feeling like at odds with yourself. And that sort of, that feeling of, I don't know, being disjointed can be really difficult. I think that that's really what I was feeling earlier this year. Yeah. Like, this is not who I am. I don't want to be making things and then immediately thinking, how can I promote this? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the mindset that I want to be in. And so, yeah, yeah, I've really been trying to address that this year. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think there is a level of, you know, not having to think like that does come from a place of privilege. Um, mm. And I think that's just something that I'm kind of coming to terms with and the fact that, you know, I, I'm in a position where, everything I am doing and creating I do need to make money out of it because it's not I don't I'm not in a place where I can just make art and not worry about when my next income is coming or where the money's mm-hmm. coming um so it's definitely like a lot of learning around that mm. Mm. that's so interesting because I when I get into that kind of spiraling um I always try and rem- look back on the things that I have done that have done, I guess, earned me the most money or done, been the most successful, like whatever that means, have always been things where I wasn't thinking, where I wasn't like, this is going to be amazing. It was just like mm. I did a thing and then it got caught attention. Mm. Um, and so when I start to spiral into that, I'm like, try and just ground myself and try and like bring myself back to centre and think about the things that... Um, needed and when it comes to grounding myself Layla was recently part of that (laughs) I was lost it recently um had a little mini kind of meltdown and felt really anxious and I joined one of your workshops on uh, Mars Mm. retrograde oh yes I'm so excited to hear about this because I was saying to Natalie I have absolutely no idea about what on earth retrograde means about you know card reading and fortune telling and uh, and how do you say this? Is it cartomus, cartomancy? Cartomancy. Yeah. yeah. So, like, which is the practice of reading cards. Mm. Yeah. So I'm or, very or, like, to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. Venus was feeling a bit off this morning and a bit like down, and I was like, oh, perfect, because <laughs> Venus is gonna make me feel so much better. Um, I can diagnose. Yeah. <laughs> so could you well, tell we... us a little bit about? Um, your pink moon fortunes and um, maybe a little insight into why um, both of us could be feeling a little bit off center because Mm. of Mars retrograde. Yeah, so pink moon fortunes um, just came out of, I had been reading cards for quite a few years and for like friends, people close to me. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm ready to take the next step and try reading people I don't know. I'll just see how it goes. And so I just kind of started it about two and a half years ago with like no pressure, just wanting to see what was out there. And um, because I kind of conceptualized it as being outside of my main freelance work, like it's not related to musical theater, it actually was free from the kind of pressures we were just talking about of like monetizing, like it didn't need to pay for itself because it wasn't, it wasn't like I had to buy loads of equipment or anything like that. So I just thought I'd see what happened and I really loved reading for other people and it's just kind of grown from there and that workshop that you joined me for Natalie that was my 
first time I've hosted a workshop after like starting to host just threw my phone on the floor sorry <laughs> um starting to host moon rituals this year and I just thought you know what let me try workshop and see how this goes really enjoyed that so it's actually really lovely it just feels like everything new that I bring into the pink moon fortune space is just there organically because like I wanted to try it out or I felt called mm. to do it rather than any sort of financial pressure or anything like that so it's really yeah I feel really grateful for it and I feel really cool to the work actually like I feel really energized by being able to talk about this stuff with people mm. so it's really nice so what did you do in the workshop like what does your workshops consist of so I mean that was the first one <laughs> so who knows if they'll stay the same but I've got a couple more plans um and the way that one worked I kind of just talked about what is Mars retrograde uh please explain mean? it to me please explain it to me briefly yeah. if it's too long I understand but brief I can't get my head around what it is yeah sure so when a planet is in retrograde it it appears to us as though it's moving backwards so it's not actually moving backwards but it's the angle that we are to where that planet is gives the impression that it's either stopped moving or is moving backwards and so in astrological terms instead of that planetary's energy being like a force that comes outwards and affects us it's like that planet goes inwards and the energy sort of shifts internally and the reason I wanted to do the Mars retrograde workshop is because in terms of Mars, so, so all planets can go retrograde. In terms of Mars, we have a Mars retrograde every sort of two, two-ish years, two and a half, three years. And because of how infrequent they are, the period in between the Mars retrogrades kind of feels like a chapter of our life. So the last one was back in 2018. So if you think of where you were in 2018 to now, that's sort of like a sort of decent chunk of life wow um, i had my long-term breakup like just before um the last mars retrograde that's mine. really interesting mm. yeah so this think... is the sort of single chapter <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or post breakup chapter and then um with mars because mars is so close to earth all signs will feel the effect of the mars retrograde so each astrological sign is ruled by a different planet. And sometimes you might not feel too much of a retrograde unless you're a sign that's ruled by that planet. But because of the proximity of Mars to Earth, everyone feels it. And people ruled by Mars, such as Aries, um, such as yourself, <laughs> Natalie, um, even if uh, you'll feel it more, but we'll all feel the effect of it just because Mars is so close. Right. And how long is it in retrograde for? Or is that something you just can't, you don't know? No, uh, yeah, we know Mars, this Mars retrograde goes until November the 13th. Wow. And so how, how do they almost all of autumn. Out? How do they work that out? Or is it just, you know, knowing how far away the planet is from us? Yeah, being able to chart the planets like astrologers. I mean, I, I am studying astrology, but I wouldn't describe myself as an astrologer, like I, I would be stuck charting planets. But yeah, people are able to chart the planets. So we know when the next Mars retrograde will be as well. And yeah, it just helps us to like plan things, work things out and know how to deal with this time. And uh, Mars as a planet, it controls so many different aspects of our life. It controls like how assertive we are, how much aggression we use how we make decisions how we take actions um, a lot of our 
interactions are influenced by Mars. So because it affects so many areas, that energy shifting internally can really feel like it's just sort of not the stuffing out of everything or like just your normal structures and your normal coping methods aren't working. It's almost like your structures feel like they're crumbling. And I knew that that would probably be, I had considered, because I do these moon rituals once a month for the full moon, I would considered talking about the Mars retrograde in the previous full moon ritual. And then I just sort of thought to myself, like there's so much to talk about and it's such a difficult time for so many people. Let me try a workshop for this instead. And I'll do what I do in the moon rituals, which is talk about the time, how we can use the energy. But then for the Mars retrograde one, what I did as well is I made some exercises. So we did like a visualization exercise where I was trying to talk about and most people focus with Mars retrograde. Most people focus on just sort of surviving it. <laughs> mm. But I think it can actually be a useful time if we know how to process the energy, even though it's difficult. So I was I was doing exercise space around that. We did um we did a journaling exercise and we did a meditation exercise at the end. So yeah that workshop was just sort of a combination of learning about the season learning about what's going on and then trying to help you with practices to start engaging with that yeah that's yeah. fascinating it's so interesting you say all of those things because now i'm like yes that makes total sense <laughs> like i'm not yeah. i am not managing and my the way i'm interacting with other people is i've definitely noticed a shift um in my attitude to, even to my partner like the way I'm like speaking to him and the way I'm interacting with my parents or mm. yeah that makes complete sense now I feel like I'm not going crazy so thanks for that yeah, yeah. definitely not and it, it's a time where a lot of people's stuff it, stuff gets brought up because it's kind of concluding this chapter from the last sort of two years a lot of things are being brought up or coming back up in our memories and our subconscious that have happened over the last couple of years, especially where they're to do with like interactions we had, could be, you know, arguments we've had, friends we've lost, uh, decisions we took or didn't take across those two years. And mm. so then you might have a lot of like random, seemingly random feelings or memories pop up. Some people are having really wild dreams where things seem to be like just popping up from the past. Exes getting in touch. <laughs> all of this kind of thing is is likely to be happening That's through this amazing. period yeah i'm going all of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but your it, the workshop was amazing because i was like i was getting oh. loads of anxiety and like panic and you described it as like heat leaving the body and and um mm. i was just so i felt i went into the workshop kind of not really knowing much um mm. and it helped me so much and I haven't stopped talking about it and I keep being like Layla told me not to have caffeine so well I did, I did this funny thing the other day where I was like my astrologist told me not to have spicy food so <laughs> amazing I love that and there's what's a scene... spicy foods what's with the spicy foods just like well, nothing we've got too a lot of intense, like excess right? heat yeah, yeah. It, I mean that's also just this time in general like autumn um or like this time period where the, the seasons change it's like a two-week transitional period between summer and autumn and it's a time that like heat is leaving sort of the planet and also our bodies so the idea is there's actually a lot of cultures and religions where this is a whole like festival around this time where people sort of try and prepare the body for the autumn 
um, by eating less hot foods, less spicy foods, and just sort of things that spark you off a lot. So yeah, I was saying in the workshop, like maybe try and avoid spicy foods or like too much caffeine, too much sort of very hot or very flavored food. If you just sort of keep things simple, it can just help with your body, like expelling that heat, which yeah. for some people will feel like extra anxiety or some people will have like extra aggression or might be restless or having trouble sleeping. You know, how that manifests is going to be different for different people. But yeah. in general, just sort of keeping things neutral and calm. So I'm really glad that spoke to you though. I'm really glad it's been helpful. Because that's what I want out of these workshops. Like they're not supposed to be like, I don't know, (laughs) some weird culty thing. It's just like, how can I try and help people, you know? No, it has been so helpful. And I've been so much, even just having the knowledge to understand um, everything Mm. that you just said and what you went through in the workshop and and I've been Mm. using all of the advice like and it has been really helping me and mm. um because I thought I had to make um like a decision because I was like is something going on in my life that I have to like do mm. I need to make a decision and you told me not to make a decision until it's over so I was like okay mm. so now I can just like let it let the feelings ru- run through me mm. and not worry that like maybe it's a gut feeling and I'm I'm avoiding suppressing mm. something or something so it just mm. yeah it really really helped me yeah i've noticed mm. it's helped you you were like going crazy like a couple of weeks ago <laughs> like honestly and ever Aww. since she's been so calm <laughs> so it's, i have definitely noticed that it's helped her yeah oh i'm so pleased that's awesome well i'm actually thinking of rerunning the mars retrograde one because after it ran i had a few people asking i'm there was i gonna do another one <laughs> oh amazing yeah. well because originally I was like oh you know I'll just do this one near the start of Mars retrograde but because it we have still got like another seven weeks of it to go so you should definitely yeah, do another thinking, one yeah. thinking of running it again but yeah for sure I'll let you know and I, I have some other ones um coming up I can tell you about if you want you know, yeah go for it promo-y. give <laughs> us a little teaser <laughs> Like, don't give it all away <laughs> just because I, I loved doing the Mars retrograde one yeah. and everyone was so nice about it after and I was like god I really love doing these and I was like I'm gonna try and do more of these like it really feels because this is just stuff that like you know those practices that I was talking about in the workshop um keep banging on about the workshop but those are just things I do in my life anyway mm. you know what I mean so it didn't feel to me it wasn't like oh no I'm gonna have to like prep 101,000 things it's like it feels very easy for me to talk about those things and yeah I don't know I really enjoyed running them so it's just really grateful anyone wanted to come at all to be honest (laughs) it feels like give um, me the option it feels like and I'm sure you've seen more people get into kind of this kind of astrology stuff maybe Mm. you know we can go into why that is later but um it felt like as um impactful then and probably more impactful to me than like any therapy session I had because you gave actionable tips and like Mm. you went through the journaling and you gave like exercises that I could like and things Mm. to continue doing not just like do you Mm. know what I mean like Mm. it it continued after the after the session Um, Mm. I think that's that's also my personality I think I'm a very like act action-based person so I do that in my card reads as well, actually. Like I'll, I try and give people the messages from the cards, but then I always try and finish with like just a few actionable points. And I'm, you know, always say to people like, if you want to do this, you don't, you can, you don't have to. Uh, because I feel like that's what I like for myself. That's what I try and take from my 
research from my studies I try and take what okay what are the actionable points now that I know what's going on what can I actually do and implicate in my life so I think that's why it became a little bit more action-based also just I think you know something like Mars retrograde is all well and good like knowing that you're going through a difficult time and understanding why and sometimes that's that can be enough but sometimes you feel like I need something to try and like guide me through that you know or how can I actually use the stuff that's going on which is that's where the the sort of journaling exercise came from by the way just to plug myself again you can actually buy a pdf of the journaling questions on my website <laughs> okay i'm doing that right after this yeah. <laughs> um but yeah the 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 next workshops i have coming up so i'm going to redo the mars retrograde if anyone wants to come to that and then i'm doing a mercury retrograde workshop which i've subtitled avoiding breakdown <laughs> which is what, what seems to happen to a lot of people during mercury and that's going to look at like how can we use their time productively what's actually going on historical forces and that will also have like practical advice journaling exercise that kind of thing then i'm doing a halloween summer uh, workshop which is going to look at how we sort of use these forces, how can we use our intuition, the history of the festival, historical connections, um, and also just like how can we connect with ourselves in like a spiritual way, people that are, you know, maybe interested in like the idea of magic or like forces or crystals, but don't really know what that means. I'm sort of conceptualizing this workshop, we'll go through a lot of things for that kind of person who's maybe new and interested, but not quite sure what to do mm. and then I'm doing kind of as a counterpoint to the Mars retrograde workshops I'm doing a Mars direct workshop so basically when Mars direct uh, when Mars goes direct and we're out of retrograde we're going to feel another big shift but this time everything's going to feel really like new glowing lots of prospects for ourselves and it's a really good time to sort of set ourselves up for what we want out of the next chapter and we're also blessed with this because the Mars Direct is happening on a new moon. So it's going to be a really nice day. New moons are traditionally like the beginning of a cycle, a good time for like manifesting new things, you know, sowing the seeds of what you want. So that workshop is going to be how can we use all of this energy and newness to really like manifest what we want and like move forwards with intention and clarity after all this other stuff. So those oh. are my those are my three workshops that I've got um, coming up, plus the Mars retrograde, and who knows, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll be really good, and I'll do some more. <laughs> we maybe need to do no one will come. <laughs> I'm, uh, there. We'll there. I'm there. I'm there. We'll be there. <laughs> Me and Natalie are doing a lot of stuff around manifestation at the moment. We're doing mm. a money, money and manifesting course, so we're, we'll be. Oh wow! Good for you. That one, yeah. Yeah, it really does work. Mm. I'm always surprised at like how much power I have when I start thinking about things it's like oh my god yeah I found 20 um, quid on the floor the first after the first session of of the money manifesting course like just that and she said amazing. that apparently that just happens like lots of people will will find money just like 20 pounds on the floor on the back on the way back from one of my runs wow and 20 pounds like mm. it wasn't even just a f anyway That's um, so I'd love to ask you about um the kind of rising uh, popularity with astrology in regards to like the chaos that is ensuing mm. is that the right word the chaos that's happening um for the last i don't know a couple of years i feel like people that are moving 
um, mm. more towards astrology rather than religion. Um, mm. And there's, yeah, I think people are super getting into it. Um, and I just wanted to ask you why you think that is. And um, yeah, if there are any patterns in terms of people kind of searching for this stuff more and mm. reading it about it more. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I definitely think in the last couple of years there's been a big shift and not not even just with astrology, but like there's been a shift towards people becoming interested in stuff like crystals, crystal healing, uh, Reiki, um, mm. living more naturally, paganism. I think a lot of those themes seem to have really made a resurgence in the last couple of years, kind of everything alternative and esoteric, <laughs> which... It's interesting. I think maybe there's, I think a lot of organized religion is often linked to sort of systems of oppression or control and can be quite patriarchal in its foundations. So I think a lot of people, women especially and non-binary people seem drawn to, uh, and gender non-conforming people seem drawn to these sort of alternative I'm doing finger quotes spheres and I think it's maybe a sort of rejection of the systems that are I'm not sure what the word is the systems that are sort of feel like constructs in our society mm -hmm. in terms of like our faith and our spirituality you know for most people if you're talking about like oh you know I'm a person of faith or I'm a person of spirituality it can mean I'm part of an organized religion and I think there's been like a reclaiming of that to mean, you know, I believe in whatever I want to believe in and taking it away from organized religion. But um, I don't know, I kind of feel like a lot of these things coexist for me. <laughs> so it's been kind of interesting watching that happen. Mm -hmm. um, like for me, I was raised in obviously a mixed race. So I was raised between a very Christian family, very, very traditional Christian family and a very traditional Muslim family. And I also always had these interests in astrology, card reading, crystals, all the rest of it. And so I feel like for me, all these things kind of like coexist into just like one big system of like faith and belief. Mm -hmm. But I can also see how for a lot of people, it's like rejecting the things that we're told to believe in and moving to something new. And I think also the idea of like, there's been such a shift in terms of how we interact with nature as well you know like things like veganism are really on the rise people are a lot more focused on sustainability and environmental issues yeah. and i think moving towards ideas of like a pagan ritual or ayurveda things that seem to come out of nature and re return us to nature and strengthen our bond with what's happening it's just stuff, simple things like observing the moon being aware of the time of year what effect does that have on our bodies stuff like that that we really have suppressed sort of in society for quite a few years bringing that back to the forefront I think is also something that's encouraging people to look into these different belief systems um you know something I was thinking about the other day is like living in London this I really feel like I make a big effort to live seasonally like I have all these rituals I do throughout the year when the seasons change and what foods do I eat what clothes am I wearing blah 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 but I feel like if you live in a city, especially somewhere like London, you could probably have like a really similar day in any of the four seasons. Like the shops are open at the same time. The street lamps are going to be on. 
people are out in like similar clothing the weather is pretty much the same like it just gets a bit colder it's not like we have like torrential downpour of rain and then it's really hot in the sun do you know what I mean everything is kind of much of a muchness and I think we can start to feel a bit disconnected from just the planet in general yeah no I feel that and I was someone who I'm someone who comes from the countryside Mm. so I notice you know changes very clearly because of you know I'm surrounded by trees and the Mm. wildlife and behind me is a forest and um a massive uh place where people are growing vegetables so i, I i'm very mm. switched on to when things are changing and the seasons are changing and i i noticed that but when i lived in london i felt very disconnected and i noticed mm. that my entire mood and my way of like acting and being was just a massive shift and i was so unhappy mm. because like you said every day kind of feels the same when it comes to how everything looks how people act and mm. there's no there's no like obvious shift mm. so yeah I, f- I think about that quite a lot actually myself mm. yeah that's so interesting as well because the when you were talking about looking at the moon and um seasons these are things that are quite i guess simple to look at you know to look at the moon and notice Mm. the moon rather than you know I I was raised in um the church and so it was like all these rules and like all these things to you know Mm. things you had to go to church dressing a certain way um acting a certain way and Mm. the pressures and like these lists of all these things (laughs) in the bible and, and this idea I think of that you mentioned about um like just observing the moon um mm. is i guess simple and i feel like definitely in lockdown there was a, a definite retreat back to simplicity with people like growing vegetables and mm. um yeah being aware of of things around them and their local kind of community um yeah i thought it was it's, it's interesting to see the shift Mm. of of general kind of people who ne- who've never really been spiritual or grew up in different religions going to kind of astrology mm. um and yeah the rise of that has been i think really interesting because when i was little it was just like oh that stuff's bs or, or yeah like or... mystic meg yeah <laughs> yeah mystic meg go oh, go what an icon yeah. yeah i think um yeah i agree with you but i really th- i think that's what i mean when I'm saying like for me a lot of these things feel connected because I think it's human nature to need to believe in something mm. I think we're creatures of habit first and foremost and we are people you know we need to feel connected to things and I think also like just having faith or spirituality that connects to something some belief that like there's something bigger than you you are safe you're going to be okay I think the fundamental need for that is something that really does span like you know most humans and if if that takes the form of you believe in a religion or you believe in something else you know you working towards some other belief system for me it's sort of it's born from the same need it just sort of manifests it's uh sorry my flag mm-hmm. it manifests its sort of structure in your life differently if that makes sense yeah absolutely um yeah 
I think I completely agree. And I, I growing up in the church, there was a lot of positive things like the community and the sense of mm. taking care of each other. And like we would um, do these kind of buffets once a month at the end of the church where everyone kind of brings. That was my favorite bit because I love food. Um, everyone yeah, brings and in like a dish. It's a support and... system, right? Like the yeah. church. For me, that's how like both church and mosque was like the religion was. I mean, as a kid, it was just sort of like the religion was like a thing going on there. But it was also like support community yeah. people to advise you people to make friends with i don't know it it's sort of connected in into my life in a different way um mm. but yeah i i think also like as you say like a lot of religion organized religion there's so many like rules and it can feel really inaccessible whereas being told like hey you can look at the moon or like it's the first day of autumn if you want to take part you might want to wear something red or orange like that it's so simple and it's so much more about like what's your intention and what do you want out of this i think that's appealing for people as well it's not like you have to do x y and z otherwise you're not fit to join us in our thing mm. yeah because you're choosing not just like what you're believing in but also how you believe in it and i think yeah. that's that's a really big thing you're not being told how to worship something you know yeah. and i i think we definitely our generation of we don't like being told how how and what to do which mm. is like another reason why a lot of people are turning to you know this kind of thing instead of like organized religion because mm. we have a better understanding of it mm. and we have a better understanding of how we want how we decide to live our lives and mm. there's a freedom uh, to it isn't there like we, the- we, we have more freedom yeah yeah and also, you know, anything that helps you to understand yourself, like I think as a generation, we're so individually focused as well. We all really want to like know ourselves. We don't want to repeat the mistakes of the past. Da, 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 da. And any sort of belief system that offers you a way to think about yourself, I think is really helpful. Yeah. And for some people, you know, just being, just thinking that you're a good XYZ religion, like insert religion there, just believing you're a good Christian or something, maybe doesn't help you feel like you can connect with yourself whereas i don't know reading your natal astrological chart maybe you feel more seen or you feel more understood that's very powerful you Mm -hmm. know people want to be able to understand themselves and anything that helps you conceptualize the kind of person you are i think is is a useful tool yeah absolutely absolutely. yeah that's beautiful i love the way that you said that i think I'd love to go back to something that we touched on at the beginning as I don't Mm. want to be um, wary of your time um, about your book coming out. Mm -hmm. I'd love to ask you about your creative process. As you said that you've been working on that for most of this year. Um, Mm. Tell us a bit about how that has been for you, how the writing process has been, um, Mm. anything that you're allowed to tell us. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'd love to know. Yeah, the writing process for me has been really interesting. Um, trying to think. I mean, I wrote the first draft of the book and then it was like, a book exists. Like, once the whole thing was written, it was like, okay, now it's sort of just a case of trimming this down, editing, rewriting, da da and just going through it. And I really had to think a lot about constructing a voice, like what kind of messages I wanted to make sure were included in the book and um what kind of like (laughs) what tangents I wanted to go on (laughs) I feel like I'm a like I'm 
a very like abstract big picture thinker so that can be really useful for like talking about stuff and joining the dots but not very useful to like keep things condensed and um, linear so I then made a big structure for the book where I decided what was going to go where and I then went through and made the structure more detailed by like adding in specific things I knew I wanted to include um yeah and then I I don't know then I I just started going through and writing it I guess um (laughs) has it been emotional has it been joyful has it been difficult um I definitely have a few gray hairs from when I wrote my book so it was so stressful Mm. (laughs) um up at the top they're always here (laughs) (laughs) I've got I've got so many gray hairs I'm just embracing it I'm like this is cool yeah just getting a bit skunk like um yeah I, it's been mostly joyful I think I mean there were definitely some parts that were difficult to write um you know dealing with racism or I, I think for me like I'm I'm mixed um both my parents are mixed so for me it, it doesn't even feel like the idea of half this and half that or like biracial or dual heritage like for me those concepts don't work in terms of myself like it's more complicated than that um and so growing up it felt really like I don't know like I was an alien like I just couldn't be quantified in any way or like measured up against another human and so there was obviously a lot of like loneliness and and struggle there so it was quite hard at some points to like readdress that and have to pull those feelings up again in order to write about them but the nice thing is the story ends with you know, where I'm at now, which is very, like, happy in myself, come to terms with a lot of things, worked a lot of things out. So being able to sort of write out, you know, oh, this difficult time for myself, but then resolve it is really nice. It feels quite healing. And I don't think I could have written this book whilst I still had those questions and feelings. I think it would have been too tough. Also, who would have wanted to read that? <laughs> Just like a list of difficulties with no resolution. But, um, <laughs> awful. So... Yeah, I think it's it's mostly been like a joyful process and quite empowering in a way. I can imagine it's been very empowering. Yeah, I think it's definitely like strengthened my relationship with myself, which I always joke like I'm so in my own head anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm an only child, I live by myself, I really feel connected to myself, but it's like this has just made me feel even more connected to myself, which is, is interesting. But I think that's probably also due to the subject matter. Like I'm just sort of really analyzing every step I've taken (laughs) in my life. Excited to read it. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I can't wait to read it. You discussed. Thank you. I remember I did like some notes from one of your stories where you described. Oh my god! (laughs) Like I think I sent you a photo of it of like the rainbow. You did. Yeah, I remember. That has always been stuck in my mind, and I'd love to for you to talk about it. Um, about. I mean, I'm just going to give it away to you, but... It's... Yeah, no, I, um, that's actually, I can't check now, but that's actually still on my Instagram if anyone wants to watch it in my archives. Um, yeah, what I was talking about, I was talking about the language that we use around race. I mean, that's one thing in this book, I've done so much research, like, on the sort of construction of race, but also child development how do we pass on culture, blah, 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 all of these things that like pertain in. I feel like I've just read 
so widely around everything that like there's all these side topics that don't fit in the book so I was just sort of getting them out in later lectures <laughs> um, but yeah that one was about like how we talk about race and I was saying terms such as like white black brown they only really exist like in English they're meaningless they don't have applications like if you think of an apple if you pick up an say this is an apple somebody else could say like oh no I don't call it an apple like that's palm or whatever that's a different thing but if you're talking about like we are white people that doesn't always translate because it's not a it's not a physical thing or like a set thing that everyone's going to have a name for mm. and so once you understand that you can look at how sort of poor those terms are in how we describe something so like a lot of the terms that we use such as person of color is really a meaningless term because it's kind of like saying okay here's white people and then everyone else is a person of color and it's almost like putting it as these two groups like you're either yeah. a person of color or you're not a person of color you're a white person you're not a white person and it, it's so unhelpful because it means the focus is on white people because that becomes the default because everything else is just like merged together so what i the analogy i used which natalie beautifully illustrated in your note that you sent to me was like in a rainbow it's like as if you were to say like a rainbow is made up of seven colors and it's like red and then non-red so either like you're a red color or you're some other thing and you could be any of these other things but we don't care it's just one thing like you could be anything so if you're somebody that's like um you're a blue person you could be like okay well i'm not a red person because i'm not I, I, I can see that blue is not red i can see this is different but if you were like pink you might be like well am i in the like non-red pile or am i in the red pile because i'm kind of similar like where do i go or if you you know you might have like orange and purple and they're both sort of red but they're not like each other at all so where do they go and it's you know it's just really you would never categorize a rainbow as red and everything else because it just like delineates the way you're able to talk about the different colors that make up a rainbow so much yeah. and yet that's what we do all the time we're like oh yeah poc people of color this people of color that and it, it's just so unhelpful and e even terms like mixed race it's sort of the things that all mixed race people are going to have in common with each other is like I don't know the of course there's some things that mixed race people tend to share but like the idea that that just forms a whole group in and of itself is wild you know <laughs> and in my talk I think I was saying there are a lot of groups that exist that we don't have names for so it's really hard to talk about so people for example I I've seen within my friends I have a lot of friends with similar experiences who are um, one white parent plus one immigrant parent and the immigrant parent has come from like a small island nation so I have about four or five friends who are that family makeup that family demographic as as I am and we seem to have so many similarities in our upbringing and how our parents interacted and our backgrounds and our family and blah blah but there's no name for us so it's like it's really hard to like seek each other out and like find that because on paper we might be completely different like one of my best friends so I'm like British American Indian Mauritian one of my best friends is um Kiwi Filipino like on paper we have nothing in common but actually the family demographic we have so much in common it's like talking to myself mm. but there's no name for that so it's like it makes it really hard for 
people of colour using that term because there isn't another term, it makes it really hard for us to like describe our experiences and like verbalise them and then articulate that to each other in a way that means we can connect because we can't just say like, oh, I'm blah, blah. Oh, you're blah too, because like the word doesn't exist. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about in that one, because I, I think I was just getting really fed up with people just using terms like, you know, making sure that we represent people of colour in it. Like, but what does that actually mean? Like, have you thought about how useless that term is? Um, you know, there's so much disparity in the amount of people in that community and the way it's always presented as like just the opposite of white is really yeah i don't know just something i really struggle with because i just think it it serves to it serves two two functions it serves to diminish the people in that group and then it also serves to like oppress them because they can't talk about it and then like find other people you know white people don't have to like go through the process of finding the words I'm white or being able to say are you white too because I think we might both be white I think we might have some shared connections like there's just a whole sort of world of processing that isn't needed yeah um yeah I feel like I'm rambling no I <laughs> no, love it just yeah. cut me off <laughs> no, it's, 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 yeah it's the uh, nuances that in yeah. Instagram where people are using mm. you know that people are, are trying to do the right thing and to, to I don't know share artists of color um it's a conversation that i think so many people need to also be aware of because like you said in in one of your instagram um talks that these words were created by white people so right so they automatically like are kind of me and it's like if you look in other cultures like what do the words mean they don't have the same words at all no like in, in spanish we use gringo and mm. you, I googled that and it just means an American, a person from, that could potentially mm. be American. I'm like, really? I don't think that's how they use it. I think they use, I thought they used it to describe white people, but no, mm. I think mm. that um, it's a completely different, different definition than Backgrounds. white people. Yeah. Yeah. In Creole, the word for white person, it's related to like, um, like savage. <laughs> basically means sort of means like colonizer like you know the people that did this yeah. <laughs> which is interesting um when i was in kenya like i made friends with this like local guy it was actually it was a taxi driver and then like we became friends was just sort of learning more about the situation there and like anyone white they just call like tourist or like white even people that live there it's just like oh yeah those tourists over there and i was like i think they live here it's like this is what we call white people and yeah i don't know it's, it's a lot of words just don't exist. In, in Japanese, they have a word um, for people who are half Japanese, but any other form of mixed race, there's not like a direct word, which speaks to like how, mm. um, so what word is like mono-ethnic almost that the population demographic is. Mm. Whereas somewhere like London, we, we do have a lot of different terms, you know, we're a lot more multicultural. I don't know, yeah, I find it interesting, but uh, I, that's what I wanted to do in that later lecture was just literally highlight just the vocabulary in and of itself even before you start talking about race issues it's like we're already like five steps behind just based yeah. on the vocabulary we have to use and trying to get people to acknowledge that I think it's so, really important yeah and I, I I love the way you've kind of made it you've the way you've explained it is very mm. clear now mm. um especially the rainbow analogy and if people want to what if people want to see these Layla lectures are they still on your Instagram yeah they're all on Instagram um they tend to they all start with ll so okay. I, another thing I do on Instagram is I just have like 
chat about random stuff like the moment we're talking about <laughs> legendary animals <laughs> today but um if you anything that starts with an ll is a layla lecture and if it doesn't it's some some other thing um that's good well we can direct people to that in our notes i think it'll be really really useful mm. yeah we'll put all the links in the description of this episode oh, thanks well i think um that's it but thank you so much for you uh, giving for us hours, your time yeah. i know i can feel <laughs> yeah. like i could talk to you for ages thank um, you so much for having me this has been really wonderful yeah, really appreciate it um if people want to find you on social media what are your handles yeah uh on instagram it's at leila wuzier l-a-i-l-a-w-o-o-z-e-e-r with an underscore mm-hmm. and for pink moon fortunes it's at pink moon fortunes great and we'll also put a link to your pre-order for your book as well mm. into the show notes so people can head there i highly recommend pre-ordering it we will be and we can't wait to read it yeah oh, thanks um, yeah. i'm very excited and congratulations on it as well thank you so much yeah is there exciting. anything that you want to draw attention to um i know that you've been talking about uh what's going on in mauritius if there are yeah. any petitions that you think we can mm. direct people to go and sign and things yeah absolutely actually on my website at the moment i have um it might be the landing page uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway if you go to my website there's a tab on the side there's a whole page called save mauritius reef which is um for uh, both raising awareness of the issues facing Mauritius after this awful oil spill which happened um, back in the summer and there's a, a donation link there if you want to join it and there's a petition for um, like our government and the French government to try and help out with some compensation mm-hmm. so you can join that there's also on my page there's a page called where next and that's got a bunch of uh, links and places you can donate to if you want to just redistribute some money to some non-binary or trans people of color or black indigenous people of color, there's a bunch of um, funds up there which you could go to. And my Patreon's on there as well. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to go to me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. Well, thank um, you so much for coming on. It's been a really great episode and yeah, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I hope you um, are stay safe and keep in touch. And and you're one of my favourite people to follow on Instagram. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And we we can't wait to join your workshops. I'm going to be there. Amazing. Yay. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the internet. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we shall see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.